5678, a podcast about dance training. My name is Rebecca Berstold, and today I'm here with Malin Astner. Welcome. Thank you. Nice to have you in the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. And we are at Nordans, where you are teaching morning training at the moment for a week. Yes. But we know each other already from before. Yes. Because you were teaching at the Danish National School of Performing Arts, where I'm educated. Yes. Yes. But maybe you could introduce yourself. All right. Um, my name is Malin Astner. I am a dance teacher and a dance artist. Uh, I live in Malmö and I work now since soon to be five years yeah, at the Danish National School of Performing Arts. Um, yeah, that's the introduction. Yeah, great. <laughs> and to get to know a bit more about your dance background, my first question is how did you start to dance? Um, it was my mother uh, and I, I actually I haven't asked her why because it was somehow never questioned uh, but she when I was six uh, or maybe it was actually now now that I am thinking about it it was probably the idea of uh, neighbors uh, a friend of mine, a neighbor of mine, her mother, her idea to put us, the two little six-year-old girls, in this uh, ballet school or private school uh, ballet class once a week. And uh, yeah, this and I remember now when I tell you. Uh, so that's where it started, and uh, I think Sofia, who was the name of my friend, she stopped maybe after the first year, and I have uh, continued ever since. Uh, yeah. Of course, I mean, it wasn't... Uh, that was in, in Jönköping. I was born in, in Jönköping. And the school was... Uh, run by a very uh, uh, a very st- strong and um, energetic and inspiring uh, Danish woman called Åse Dürting. And uh, yeah, I think she put a, a special atmosphere into that whole school. Like th- the moment you entered the doors, walking up the stairs and entering the the let's say waiting room outside of the studios and it was in this old uh, building uh, in the city center with big big windows high windows out towards Vetten uh, the lake uh, and I, I mean I remember standing there by the bar and having that view and and already thinking that I was a very lucky person. And that place became my second home very fast. Um, 
I just like I almost immediately wanted more, and you couldn't have so much more because uh, yeah, in those pri- private schools and like hobby, you know, hobby dance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have one class for the age between blah 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 in the level of blah 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 so i had to add uh, contemporary uh, or had to i mean i was i could add contemporary class and jazz and then flamenco when <laughs> when when there was no more to to know where to go but there to sort of fill my week with uh, dancing and that was maybe Yeah, high school and then gymnasium. They also started a little, like a little dance group there. So we performed and uh, performed in in Nyårsrevyn, whatever that could be called in English. Like yeah, something New Year's. Um, the New Year's show. Yeah. <laughs> in a t- very typical Swedish small town, um, almost institution. I I I would say. Um, So I, I also spend a lot of time then in the theater. And that was then again another uh, mystical place or like that, that place where everything was special, like everything was standing out and um, with the potential of becoming something else. The, just the smell of entering uh backstage if yeah I, i i it was i was really hooked from um yeah the first moment so that's where it started i don't know if you want me to continue no that's uh, great journey. and you also because they also often ask this what was it that you got hooked that got you hooked mm. and it was maybe was this the theater mm. atmosphere and mm. The places where you could spend your time. Mm. Yeah, I think for sure it couldn't have. I mean, it it was for sure that specific school, and due to that specific woman and her way of of uh, paying attention to details, like every detail was important to her, and that's very inspiring for for a child, uh, for anyone to to meet a person where everything is thought through uh, is inspiring so so it was clearly because of that but i think also it um, it was a place where um, uh, observation uh, and attention could happen like maybe the, in the same way somehow you know you pay attention to the detail of the movement the placement of the arm and the hand and the gaze and the like that kind of attention and i maybe it's very rare for a small kid to to but i i can i, I think i could sense that somewhere already from the beginning that that focus and attention to the details uh Yeah, it, it was almost like a, another way of being in time. Like it slowed down, or those moments of the the that hour in the week was 
really expanded time, you know, mm-hmm. and and this, I I couldn't, of course, uh, put words on it like that when I was a child, but I could, I, I can relate to that sensation somewhere uh, now, if if to, if I if if I now remember it or think about it. So yeah, some something there that maybe. F- Maybe I had a, um, I was more of an observer than a, uh, than a, a talker or a, like maybe not when I was very small, but at least from from school and and from school age, uh, I would say I, I would at least most of the time describe myself as as a shy kid. Or at least not on the front line of things, so uh, it it was somehow not a problem at all to enter into that time that the dancing was, that time of observing, looking at, listening to the instruction, and then following it and and finding that the beauty of of uh, of doing. And, and paying attention to the body in space somehow. I, mm. It's, yeah, I think it's, it's uh, fitted somehow, yeah. So I, yes. I, I, I never really uh, asked myself to, uh, if I wanted to continue or did I not, did I want to do something else or, and so soon also it, it sort of started to weave into my personality like that became really my personality and also um, saved me in in moments that were not so easy as a teenager and and so on so I think uh, yeah I mean I've been questioning a lot uh, to continue to to do this as as a profession but in that moment or my whole childhood and and uh, youth, I, I was totally convinced, <laughs> like from the moment yeah. uh, I started, that this was going to be my thing. Yeah, and it's something that have come up before when people say that it's really, it's something that is, like you say, building your identity and is helping you build your identity also. Yes, mm. yeah. And what happened after high school? Did you follow dance yeah. somewhere else? Yeah, so my education, then I, I moved as fast as I could to Stockholm. Uh, and I uh, had one year at uh, Ballettakademin and then uh, Danshögskolan. And that was, I, I did three years in the um, direction of uh, pedagogy. Uh, so that was how it was built then. Like it, it only had pedagogy as as subjects, and then you choose your inside of that. You choose if you want to have jazz, uh, contemporary, flamenco, uh, character dancing. Do you say that in English? Character dance. Okay. Yeah. That was also something you can choose, mm. and uh, yeah, I started there. Um, when was that? Ninety eight. So it's a long time ago. 
And so I did those three years. And then uh, they also had an education called Dansarutbildningen, so dancers education. Uh, one year sort of bridging education to professional life. And uh, I did that one year. Did you teach before Dansarutskolan? Yeah. I started quite early to teach already in Indian shopping before I, yeah, before in high school also. Yeah. So that has always been always part of dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Also during my, I mean, during my education, and um, and I think I I was never away totally away from teaching. Uh, also in my freelance years, like after school. But always uh, some schools that I was working at or some yeah, workshops uh, and a mix of, of that. And how did you experience dance in school? Um, as a student, mm. I was very angry. <laughs> yeah, it did. To me, I think it did uh, most work on being resistance. Mm. Like it was, there were so many things that I didn't want to do, that I had to do. Um, like what? I mean, ev- basically everything that was not dance classes. Mm. <laughs> And we had, I think we had maybe, we had almost always two classes a day. And then there was different things happening in the afternoons that could be, yeah, some teaching uh, or teaching related or uh, theory, (coughs) Uh, dance history, music history, uh, rhythmics, or yeah, I don't know. But of course, as I think I have in common with many, Uh, I've also grown to appreciate uh, things I learned there much more now. Like I realize that um, uh, because for me also, if if to go back a little bit, what was this hook or what uh, what is. Uh, important for me with with dancing is the listening and it comes really I think I I so observation to me is f- 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 I mean it's of course not only through ears but when I say listening it's m- more than what we do with our ears so um, it's it's much more uh, of a pay, paying of attention thing <clears throat> Mm, but it it is related to musicality. So I I think uh, when I discovered that uh, the musicality of the dancing or the relations between music and dance, I c- I could never have done it if it wasn't for the education at Danseskolan, where music was really a a big part of. Uh, of like every class actually and and we had amazing uh, musicians there so even if it wasn't 
a topic for me at the time. I think it laid some kind of foundation for me when I then later on discovered with improvisation how important it is with the musicality, how much I use it, how much it guides me in my dancing and how much it's it's the base of what I now teach. Mm. So, so, I mean, it was important for things that I couldn't see then. And, and then it also maybe helped me to, uh, to insist, you know, I, I, maybe I wouldn't have made it to Dansarutbildningen if it hadn't been for that resistance that I felt like, fuck you, <laughs> old school, boring shit. I don't want to play. You know, we played, what's um, it um, Okay. We we learned to play castanjeter, you know, and mm. and we learned folk dancing from like obscure places in Spain, and I mean it's that is pretty. I mean, now I would love to do that education <laughs> now because it's like a, no, it's like a culturally, uh, uh, whoa, it's a journey. But at that time, I I mean, I only wanted to. Pff, train (laughs) and then I had to do castanjeter for like two weeks Uh, I mean you get frustrated and that but that frustration I think I I also used as a power yeah and I almost feel like I barely know anyone that didn't go through that at some point in their education Yeah. yeah that it's almost no matter what you do you go through that I'm like oh no 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 yeah <clears throat> and and I mean if uh, yeah I, I think about that now also of course when being on the other side let's say um, where is that resistance in our education now and and, uh, and somehow you you don't want to admit that that there could be resistance because what we do, of course, is great. <laughs> and 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 I think, that, I mean, I believe that what we do is, yeah, most of the time at least super great. But yes, and the education is somehow needs to also uh, put those uh, frames. And, and I think... Uh, yeah, I think that's an important part of, of uh, the role of the, educa- the education to help uh, put resistance to the students so they know so they know where to go. Yeah, we are not the ones to tell them where to go. I mean, they are the ones to find that way, and and we can uh, only suggest and pay some some resistance maybe <laughs> yeah and you find yourself in many ways but also through that resistance yeah. by a teacher and education that is giving some some clarity then you can bounce against that yeah yeah mm, so that's i think the educational part i i i've i graduated 2002 so yeah since then uh, i've worked this Mm. and uh, you already started a bit with the listening but I wanted to ask that um, could you mention some things or something that you are thankful for that your dance training has been training 
Yeah. Yeah, that's... <clears throat> so the musicality for sure is, uh, is uh, in the center of that. Um, and it's... Uh, I mean, it's not to say that oh, I'm I have it, <laughs> it but it it's it, it's something that I always um, yeah I much more listen than see, uh, especially in class. I I listen to and and I mean that's also why the the guidance of of uh, the class and and in the practice uh, that we do uh, words relate at least relate quite and for me relate very strongly to musicality um, yeah I can come back to to music later when we maybe talk more about that work specifically um, but in general, or in adding to that, I think uh, I have understood that I have a trust in my body, how it, uh, yeah, I have a trust in my body and I think that's great. I think not so many people trust that their body will solve things for them or um, guide them through or um, support strong shifts or help them through the the surrounding milieu like I I think I, I my body is very active when uh, being in uh, in any kind of uh, surrounding and um, and to be able to when when I mean, we work with paying attention and, and putting so much awareness to sensations in the body and how the body is experiencing what is happening around. And that kind of, um, of work uh, really supports um, us to take part in the surroundings. Like, I... I think we can, not to blend in, but to really be a part of now this, this space, this room, this table, this chair that I'm sitting, the distance between us and the outside that is coming in through that window, like the reading of this situation, the new situation, or if we walk out and sit in the garden and we have wind around us and then my body like it it's sort of <laughs> it's almost like it's uh, it's a bit changing or situating itself physically to the new situation and i think it's so helpful and i think it's also it gives a dimension for us to i think we we don't have to be bored <laughs> so, so much because there's always things to pay attention to and there's always things to yeah to be quite uh, happy about or um interested in or yeah wanting to figure out somehow so i think that trust in the body i yeah i think it's a trust 
it's like a it's not a companion because it's me but it's it's a trust that i i listen to it a lot and so it it affects my choices in in both in everyday life and in in work life let's say i i realized it very um strongly recently when being in a, a physiotherapeutic situation so i've been going to this uh, friend of mine who is a physiotherapist in a, a specific practice that works on the meridians a lot pressure and shaking and it's quite physical <clears throat> and then in one session i get a, a spasm like my body cramps not a spasm because it's not moving but it's a cramp so the my hands goes like towards my arms and then my mouth also so cramps and it was something i it never happened to me in any situation before and i told kistine the name of of my friend kistine something is happening to my arms that i cannot control and i was so super calm i was just observing and she recognized that because it does happen sometimes with patients and so she immediately leaves what she's busy with down by the foot or somewhere and she comes up to me and talks to me and about breathing and and so on and so on and i'm just there really fascinated by what is going on with my body and afterwards she says oh, it was um, it was really an experience also for me because last time it happened uh, that patient she started to hyperventilate and she was really panic with panic attack because she couldn't recognize what was happening in her body and so i was almost expecting this to happen again and it didn't and i was like no i mean it was so interesting <laughs> what happened and so then that made me realize wow i'm so that's the trust you know it's like i trust the, my body to deal with it with things that comes to it and i'm i'm uh, yeah i think it can take i, I maybe i'm over um estimating the <laughs> the greatness of it i mean of course it's getting old and blah 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 but yeah i trust it to to um uh, yeah to take me through events that happens and and it allows me to experience those events through uh, my physicality which is which sort of enlarges the experience to me Yeah. Yeah. That I would say. Mm. Beautiful. Okay, we mm. move on. Yes. Mm. So as we said you are here teaching class. Yeah. And I want to talk a bit about that class. Yes. yes. And the uh, the first thing that happens in your class as I know it mm. um is that we this moment where we shake or bounce. Yeah for yeah. a while yeah. taking it from knees and hands yeah. and we go into sort of a 
automatic yeah. bounce that goes on for a while. And I really experience how this intro sets the uh, atmosphere of the class. And in just a couple of minutes, I somehow strongly um, gets placed hmm. in my body and in this uh, space. And then you count us down and together we stop. And there it's like a door <laughs> opening and you can go into riding everything that is resonating from that uh, bounce, which we then do for um, about half an hour. Yeah. Um, and I sense such a strong readiness. It's really like I've been warmed up in such a short amount of time. So I would like to talk about this intro. What is mm. what is that uh, magic and why do you find it a good way to start class? Yeah. It's um, mm, like most things. Uh, it just happens to... Uh, or a little bit of several things that comes to you for different reasons and then put together and with a little bit of time they become something of your own. So I think today I also talked about in class that it's sort of a, a combination of that standing meditation, the image of the standing uh, meditation, but the stillness with that and paying, paying attention to the stillness and, and what goes on already. Uh, and then combined with a, a quite intense shaking that didn't at all look like uh, the things we do now. Um, and so it's two things that I didn't, I, I didn't do them. Uh, it was not in, a, in my practice, at least not for long, like for short periods of time. But then I, and I don't know how really it started, but let's say that it's about seven years ago, something that I, uh, uh, I think before walking was very much happening. It can still occur in my class, but you know, the walking, warming up thing, uh, it's, uh, it's almost like you can almost use it as a joke for a contemporary class. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, we we've all done it so much and uh, probably also taught many classes starting with walking. So I think um, what did I what was I looking for? I don't know really what I was looking for with it, but I was just amazed by that sensation that the shakings of the hands brought. Like that sensation on the skin, if you've been shaking the hand for long enough so that you, the tickling sensation on the skin stays, it, and yeah, because I, I had also at that time, very recently done a workshop with uh, improvisation and uh, uh, with musicians. 
so musicians taking part as well as dancers so like a mix <laughs> mix situation and there bar phillips which is he's a very famous american um, uh, double bass uh, player he said you know there is this buzz and uh, <laughs> the buzz is what's filling this space and i couldn't when he said that i was like that's true this is what i am experiencing uh, and it was really to me that when doing the shakings and having that in mind it was like the embodiment of that buzz so it connected to for me it connected to then the resonance that i also find very important um because because resonance also being a connected to music in a, in a way like uh, on a, or you could connect it to music if you if you wish but it's also something that needs space so that's where time and space sort of meets uh, so therefore resonance is very important and and so there is the buzz but it's also actually resonance from the vibrations that we just did so to me it was like it's a simple exercise that connects um, the foundations of uh, of uh, the practice so i think it was like those three things sort of happening more or less not exactly at the same time but they they could come together and i was just so bored and tired of walking <laughs> to begin and start a class so i think that that's where it came from it looked a bit different in the beginning like we were always standing in a circle and it was a little bit more uh ritual uh, over the whole thing and i also um, i mean because i'm a bit bored of it myself but <laughs> i always i cannot really get away from it because it's so uh it's it's what makes sense with everything else that comes after it everything can be connected back to uh, that moment and if it works so well for you i mean i'm so happy to hear that that it does because uh, i don't think it's that f- like that for everyone i think it it uh, yeah it can become that for for everyone but not necessarily so at least not immediately mm. because it works on imagination as well as on the body so it it sort of it needs us to to translate the sensations that we have into uh, an expanded sort of idea and then we can use that idea very practically practically in the doing but i i i think we we need to allow for that uh, imagination to be part of it mm. and i think i think it also i mean that's where spontaneity comes into play and and the work afterwards that is on improvisation so if you have that imagination that you like to play out 
then you also can can use the f- more strict frame of the shakings in the beginning to uh, as that opening, you know, to to um, almost charge the body, uh, and then allow it to exit and into a more open form later on. So I think if the if the continuation is something that you I don't know like to do are good at doing or yeah then then also maybe the shaking works uh, for it I hope I mean, I'm, and I'm happy to hear for an example that it does yeah it's uh, because um, together with this podcast and like my new interest in dance training I'm also trying to construct a class and in that class we start with running Mm. and we just run in a circle and then we stop and it has a similar effect and we talk about in class how of course so much movement is going on in the body all the time but there it becomes so strong the resonance that there is already so much happening that you can ride or follow or Mm, yeah. There's already yeah. so much. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, it's very similar. Yeah. 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 To, to start from something. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on into the class. Yes. I had Björn Sefsten as a guest mm. in the podcast. Mm. And we talked about this, what... Um, what we could consider as material Mm. and that different works different class different practices have different things that it considers being the material Mm. so in this class moving on from this shaking what are the focus areas what are the things that are the material to work with um yeah I I may detour a bit here. Go for it. But uh, because there are many ways, I think, to answer that question. Uh, Because to me, um, improvisation, I mean, I I, I keep naming it that. I keep calling it improvisation. Sometimes I would call it instant composition. And in the class, I... Also, the last part of the class is compositions, and then I call them compositions. And it means something. It has a, yeah, it has more of a performative form to it. But I would say that this is what we um, do all the class. Like there is a, 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 the practice is very performative. Because I, I, yeah, I think being trying constantly to to navigate in what is. uh, So what is happening? What what can I observe from my body, from uh, colleagues around me, or from the space shifting or sounds that take part? Um, how can I navigate that and, and activate things uh, or 
through the acti- through activation maybe navigation happens like yeah i i think uh, maybe that's how i would say it and how would you describe uh, act- like that activation so i i observe yeah. what yeah. it is yeah 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 um. yeah yeah so um it's it's so many things yeah <laughs> so that's why it's so hard to answer the question yeah um so now i'm uh, it's a bit of a politician's answer i i'm <laughs> going elsewhere i'm using the very old and f- and a bit um old fashioned i'm afraid metaphor of of uh, the boat but so let's say that um what we the the work we do oh let's start with the met, met, with a metaphor so you maybe even build a boat or at least you buy it very carefully choosing that boat and let's say it's a sailing boat uh, so it has different features and maybe or maybe you built it to be good at being in water and not t- taking catching the wind or i don't know anything about sailing but now i'm i'm just making it up and you put the special color to it or the special kind of color that uh, is resistant to water or whatever um and uh, you do all of that work and you yourself also need to know how to pull the the ropes and do all of that so you you're very prepared when you go into the water but you need to go to the water to sail right so that's um that's when you start to then navigate through and to work with that material that you have so it's an activation of mm. that material let's say and so i mean you can hope for wind uh, maybe you don't get any what do you do um, you can hope for wind and maybe you get a storm what do you do or rain is pouring down or traffic is i mean i don't know so much in the sea but i could imagine yeah so it's it's to it's to trust again trust the body to be okay without having full control so the material we work with is both to be ready for it so <clears throat> the more experience we have of different situations the more tools we can sort of pick out very fast like repeat or stillness or you know, very simple things but they need to be uh, fresh you know you need to practice to have them there ready for you uh, <clears throat> the more tools you have the better you can the more trust you will also have you, you know not only that you your body is there for you your material is there but you also have those tools because you have the practice and then you're you're more looking forward to you know shifts and changes of weather and conditions because that's where you can start to play and then you know you will uh, part of it is failing because that's the i mean that's what what also enables 
the amazing and brilliant moments is that part of it is failing or or at least not not succeeding maybe not failing but not succeeding and then and then you work 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 to find your way and and to okay i know i have to push the the bar, I don't know what it's called, the sails to that end to catch a little bit of wind here or, I don't know, start the motor <laughs> to to move forward. Mm. And, then, and then you move forward and then all of a sudden magic happens because th- that work is there constantly. So the material, I, yeah, I would say it's both to learn to trust the body in unknown situations and accept and even maybe appreciate the unknown situations or the unknown, uncontrollable, Mm. as well as preparing yourself for it. Yeah, giving yourself as much potential as possible to actualize, like, yeah. And then, yeah, so, so, I mean, material is both to to open the body to be more detailed, but it's also to, like today, the remake and working with re-novelty instead of always trying and searching for new, new, new. Ah, you know, it's it's that's the the first thing to to understand and realize when working with improvisation. It's it's really not about that. So then how to be uh, how, how to be able to do the same again and again and repeat and repeat and investigate and search for the smallest difference in that. So it's a kind of an appreciation also for because then it matters if it's Monday or Tuesday, mm. if it's winter or summer. And if you're five or ten, and and then you can sort of start to see those things, and not only you and your body, and but you know you can start to connect uh, to the things that that actually matters. And to me, that's where the practice is the same as as the artistic output, or let's say a potential artistic output when. When performing, and that's why I say it's performative material, and that's the, the almost the main focus. Mm. Because to me, and that's <clears throat> that's where the beauty of recognition can happen. You know, you see a person working to understand what kind of situation she is in mm. on stage. And it is happening, and I'm just—I can just follow that, and I see how the struggle, and I—and it's a f- quite vulnerable place. It's a risk to take to be there on stage, not knowing, and then when it is found or it is happening, it's like, oh, you know, it's—it's it's just, oof, all right, yeah. And you—you you realize that it's a moment that you recognize, and it's amazing. Mm. And 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 to me, it's yeah, it's really about uh, yeah, recognition of what's human, what's what's this thing between us. 
that communication. Um, yeah. In in the best of worlds, that's my aim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not, of course, not always happening. And I would also say that in, in a very pragmatic way, in the school at least, uh, in the education, I would say that that kind of performative practice can be applied in any material, like in any set uh, composition uh, or piece that they will perform. I think the to be uh, interested in the moment when you place the movements in in the in the space and and to see how it differs from the last time you did it, that kind of practice it it will. I'm I, this. I'm 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 quite convinced that it will make better performers mm. because then you're interested in what you're doing, not only interested in doing it right. Yeah, yeah. Because something that stands out for me, and I don't know if that's because you say it a lot or because I just wanna hear it at the moment. But you say this: observe what is. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And this sense that. Um, like I almost feel it like a leaning forwards or a leaning backwards and I lean forward because I think I will find it mm -hmm. but if I lean back there it is yeah oh. yeah and then I mean your question from this morning was uh, I think was great because you wanted to activate something or you wanted to You had, uh, what did you say? You had um, oh, yeah. wishes. Or yeah, I asked what if, if I have to observe what is. Yeah. What about my desires? Exactly. And maybe longings for something else that is not present exactly. right now. Yeah. Exactly. But that's the answer. Mm. You know? So if you see what is, then immediately you also see what is not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so then you can add that to the, the picture. Yeah. But it's... it's Yeah, it's more that than the image of a desire that I want to try out a new move <laughs> or, you know, it's like it just uh, the motivation to get to, uh, to to get to an action, even if the action itself is the same because you were training on that move the whole day yesterday. Of course, that's what comes. Mm. So but it, it has a different motivation and therefore you're also in the moment And you're also open for the next one. And it's, it's, it will not be the continuation that you practiced yesterday because, you know, because it's in your body. It occurs, but you can also go against it or you can also choose to, ah, but I'm actually not there today. I'm here. And then I can you know, see how it differs. Yeah. So it's a, any material... Uh, can be used in the class, I would say. There's no... I mean, this is a, it's an interest, it could become an interesting uh, topic also to, to talk about aesthetics or preferences because it's, it's there, clearly. Mm. But um, in theory, <laughs> there is n no uh, material that couldn't fit into uh, my class. Mm. There is nothing that I would say that's not allowed or this is not okay. Yeah. But 
I also know, just to say something about that with preferences and and aesthetics, that uh, I have it and it will guide or it will um, be part of my guiding, even if it's not my aim to do that. I mean, I know I'm colored by preference and I allow that to be there because otherwise I couldn't work. No, <laughs> uh, and but who is not? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But it, it's important to say, I'm, I mean, I couldn't claim that it's totally <laughs> free from no, from that. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's improvisation. Well, yes, but it's that kind of improvisation. Yeah. yeah. I think sometimes someone was touching in a in a quite new group someone was touching another person pre corona so nothing to do with that but um <laughs> then um and someone asked me afterwards like is it actually allowed <laughs> to oh, yeah. touch and it's i think it's because i i am i mean it's not my favorite contact improv is like not so uh, my favorite and I think people just know that and then think it's uh, not allowed or it's not taking part of this class but it could for sure do that and, yeah. and uh, is needed also uh, quite often It's not always fun, the work, but I think it's important to enjoy as much as possible. Mm. And to me, that comes with moving. So if things are too much still and too much moving in yeah. <laughs> into, uh, it's it's not. Um, there is less resonance if if you to use the vocabulary. Yeah. Yeah, less resonance and less. Uh, yeah, to work with. Because, you know, it's also practice. It is also practice. So, of course, I... I and I think yesterday I, I said to you, like the group, no rush. <laughs> no rush. Because there was a lot of energy. Yeah. Like, a re really a release of energy. And so, of course, there is a limit where you cannot hear anything anymore. And where it's like oh, too much of um, but in general I would I, I would lean more towards movement than towards uh, yeah the slow or more analyzing yeah yeah well analyzing it's wrong because I think we're analyzing so fast when moving so maybe but it has connotations, analyzing, yeah. like a certain hard zooming in. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, analyzing in the way, putting words to it. Mm. Like to me, I think an, the, anal, an, the analyzing that goes on is really with the body. Mm. So I, ca- I could not put words on everything that I experienced. Oh, it's, and it wouldn't mean anything, really. No, exactly. <laughs> yes. I have a last question mm? that I ask everyone. And I often say that it's a bit of a silly question, maybe. And I leave the interpretation of the question up to you. But the question is, what is a good dancer? Yeah, I know. I think I know how to answer that question. Because, uh, and, and I come back again, because when... To me, a good dancer is when I hear, when I hear her dancing. No, him could be also, <laughs> and everything else, of course. But when I when I hear the dancing, so it has to do with musicality. And when I'm surprised by a sudden, sudden stop, or a, s- a very sudden shift of tempo. Or a, 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 a break of a stillness, or the very sudden and, and microscopical short holding of a, a pause, like it's and and yeah, and it's it's that kind of you know when you know the beat and you play with it, you you know the beat so well, and you have that pulse in you. So you can put the shifts and the movements slightly off. That's, uh, to me, a good dancer. Nice. All right. Tight and clear (laughs) answer. (laughs) Perfect. Is there anything else that uh, you would like me to ask you? Hmm. No. No. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you, whoever is listening. Bye-bye. Fantasy. 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 Fantasy.